couple of people are at, have asked about baptism, right? So, <clears throat> and there's some new people here. <coughs> I mean, you know, new here and new to the faith. So, <coughs> I thought we would do uh, the crucifixion. And we'll talk about that for a little bit in depth. Um, but I want to start in Galatians chapter 2, verses 20 through 21. Because it says, I have been crucified. <coughs> We're going to talk about the crucifixion. <coughs> this is a good place to start. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Yet I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died needlessly. <clears throat> it's a lot right there. So if righteousness comes through the law, then Jesus died for no reason. The whole book of Galatians is about religion versus grace. Amen. Works versus relationship. But we're not going to get into that. <clears throat> we're actually just going to do the crucifixion and faith and a couple of other things. Um, I'm going to give you all the chapters that you need to look at before we even get started so you can write them all down. All right? So whenever you're ready, Philippians chapter 2. Matthew 27, 11 through 37. Matthew 27, 11 through 37. Hebrews 4, 15. Then we're going to look at some stuff in Acts chapter 2. 
saved or be saved, this is this right here is where it starts. Alright? It's gonna be a lot of reading. I'm gonna ask you to put your Bibles down and your notebooks. Because I'd rather you just listen. charge, so the governor was quite amazed. 
Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the people any one prisoner in whom they wanted. And at that time, they were holding a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when the people gathered together, Pilate said to them, Who do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that because of the envy that they handed him over. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him a message saying, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for last night I suffered greatly in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas and to put Jesus to death. But the governor said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. And Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with this Jesus who was called Christ? And they said, Crucify him. And he said, Wow, what evil has the man done? But they kept shouting all the more, Crucify him and crucify him. And while Pilate saw that he was accomplishing nothing, but rather that a riot was starting, he took the water and he washed his hands in front of the crowd, saying, This man is innocent. I am innocent of this man's blood, see to that yourselves. And all the people said, his blood shall be on us and our children. And then he released Barabbas for them. But after having Jesus scourged, he handed him over to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole Roman cohort around him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And after twisting a crown of thorns together, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand, and they knelt down before him and mocked him, saying, Hail the king of the Jews. And they spit on him, and they took a reed and began to beat him on his head. And after they had mocked him, they took the scarlet robe off of him and put his own garments back on him and led him away to crucify him. And as they were coming out, they found a man of Cyrene named Simon, who they pressed into service to bear his cross. And when they came to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull, they gave him wine to drink mixed with gall, and after tasting it, he was unwilling to drink. And when they had crucified him, they divided up his garments and among themselves by casting lots. And sitting down, they began to keep watch over him. And above his head, they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Luke 21, 1-26. Then the whole body of them got up and brought him before Pilate, and they began to accuse him, saying, We found this man misleading our nation and forbidding the taxes to Caesar, and saying that he himself is Christ the king. And so Pilate asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, It is as you say. And then Pilate said to the chief priests and the crowds, I find no guilt in this man. But they kept on insisting, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching all over Judea, starting in Galilee, even as far as this place. And when Pilate heard it, he asked whether the man was a Galilean. And when he learned that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself also was in Jerusalem at the time. And now Herod was very glad when he saw Jesus, for he had wanted to see him for a long time because he had been hearing about him and hoping to see some sign performed by him. And he questioned him at some length, and he answered him nothing. And the chief priests and the scribes were standing there accusing him, and Herod with his soldiers, after treating him with contempt and mocking him, dressed him in a gorgeous robe and sent him back to Pilate. <coughs> now Herod and Pilate became friends with one another that very day, for before they had been enemies with each other. Pilate summoned the chief priests and the rulers and the people, and he said to them, You brought this man to me as one who incites the people to rebellion, and behold, having examined him before you, I find no guilt in this man regarding the charges that you have made against him. 
No, nor has Herod, for he sent him back to us, and behold, nothing deserving of death has been done by him. Therefore, I will punish him and release him. Now he was obligated to release for them a day, release for him that day one prisoner, but they all cried out together, saying, Away with this man, but release for us Barabbas. He was one who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection made in the city and for a murder. Pilate wanted to release Jesus, addressing them again, but they kept calling out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. And he said to them a third time, Wow, what evil has this man done? I have found no guilt demanding death, therefore I will punish him and release him. But they were insisting with loud voices, asking that he be crucified. And their voices began to prevail, and Pilate pronounced, and Pilate, Pilate pronounced sentence that their demand be granted, and he released the man they were asking for, and they threw him into prison for the insurrection and murder. But he delivered Jesus at their will. When they led him away, they seized the man, Simon, coming in from the countryside and placed on him the cross to carry behind Jesus. John 19. <clears throat> Pilate then took Jesus and scourged him, and the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and put a purple robe on him, and they began to come up to him and say, Hail the king of the Jews, and to give him slaps in the face. And Pilate came out and said to them, Behold, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no guilt in him. But Jesus then came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate <coughs> said to them, Behold the man. So when the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out again, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Take him for yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by that law he ought to die, because he made himself out to be the Son of God. Therefore, when Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid, and he entered into the praetorium again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You do not speak to me? Do you not know that I have the authority to release you and the authority to crucify you? And Jesus said, You would have no authority over me unless it had been given to you from above. And for this reason, he who delivered me to you has the greater sin. As a result of this, Pilate made efforts to release him. But the Jews were crying out, saying, If you release this man, then you are no friend of Caesar. Everyone who makes himself out to be a king opposes Caesar. Therefore, when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and he sat down on the judgment seat at the place called the pavement, but in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of the preparation for the Passover, and it was about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, Behold your king. So they cried out, Away with him, away with him, and crucify him. And Pilate said to him, Shall I crucify your king? And the chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. So then they handed him over to be crucified. They took Jesus, therefore, and he went out bearing his own cross to the place that was called the place of the skull, which is called Golgotha in Hebrew. There they crucified him, and with two other men, one on each side of Jesus, and Jesus was in between. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It was written, Jesus the Nazarene, the king of the Jews. Therefore, many of the Jews read that inscription. But the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews were saying to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. And Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. And then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his outer garments and made four parts, <coughs> a part for every soldier and also the tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it, to decide whose it shall be. 
This was to fulfill the scriptures. They divided the outer garments among them, and from our clothing they uh, cast lots. Therefore the soldiers did these things. But standing by the cross of Jesus was his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clovis, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple in whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Isaiah 52, 13 through 15. Behold, my servant will prosper. He will be high and lifted up, greatly exalted. Just as many were astonished at you, my people, so his appearance was marred more than any man and his form more than any of the sons of men. Thus he will sprinkle many nations. Kings will shut their mouths on account of him. For what had not been told to them, they will see. And what they had not heard, they will understand. Isaiah 53. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up like a tender shoot before them and like a root out of parched ground. He had no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like from one and like one from men who hide their faces was he despised and he did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him and by his scourging we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us has turned his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that was led to slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before the shearers. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation who considered that he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due. <clears throat> his grave was assigned with wicked men. Yet he was with a rich man in his death because he had done no violence nor was there any deceit in his mouth. But the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring. He will prolong his days, and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. And as a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant, will justify many, as he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will allot him a portion with the great, and he will divide the booty with the strong, because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors, yet he himself bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgressors. Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Far from my deliverance are the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry day by day, and you do not answer, and by night, but I have no rest, yet you are holy. O oh, you who are enthroned upon the praises of Israel, and you are fathers trusted. They trusted, and you delivered to them. To you they cried out and were delivered. And you they trusted and were not disappointed. But I am a man, but I am a worm, and not a man, a reproach of men and despised by people. All who, all who see me sneer at me. They separate with the lip. They wag their head, saying, Commit yourself to the Lord and let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, because he delights in him. Yet you are he who brought me forth from the womb. You made me trust when I was upon my mother's breast. Upon you I was cast from birth. You have been my God from my mother's womb. 
Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls surround me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They open wide their mouth at me as a ravening and roaring lion, and I am poured out like wax. All my bones are out of joint, and my heart is like wax. It is melted within me. My strength is dried up like a pot shirt, and my tongue cleaves to my jaws, and you lay me in the dust for death. For the dogs have surrounded me. A band of evildoers has encompassed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all of my bones. They look at me and they stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O oh Lord, be not far away. O oh, you, my help, hasten to my assistance. Deliver my soul from the sword, my only life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth. From the horns of the wild oxen, you answer me. I will tell of your name to my brethren, and in the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him. Stand in awe of him, all of you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, nor has he hidden his face from them. But when he cried to him for help, he heard it. From you comes my praise in the great assembly. I shall pay my vows before those who fear him. The afflicted will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over nations. All the prosperous of the earth will eat and worship, and all those that go down to the dust will bow before him. Even he cannot keep his soul alive. Posterity will serve him. It will be told to the Lord that the coming generations, it will come and will declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has performed it. He went through a whole lot. He was marred more than any other man. means he looked like ground beef. He was beaten. <clears throat> they ripped his beard out. They spit in his face. <clears throat> he could count all the bones in his body. All of his bones were out of joint. And he didn't deserve any of it. We did. Amen. We deserve every bit of that. He only came for two reasons. He came to restore a relationship with us and him, and so that we would be free from the bondage of sin and death, to live a life of freedom. Galatians 5.1, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Jesus went to great lengths for us to be able to live a godly life. Not because we're good enough and because we do good works and we do this and we do that. It's all because he loved us and that it, he gave us grace. He extended favor our way. He came to earth. He sent his son to earth to die in our place. There's no book written on earth from the beginning to the end that lines up this good. Amen. From the very beginning... Genesis all the way to Revelation. Every <coughs> word matches up, whether you go New Testament to Old Testament, Old Testament to New Testament. But the fool says in his heart that there is no God. The Jews persecuted him 
mocked him, scourged him. And then when they went before Pilate, and Pilate couldn't find anything wrong with him, they said, may his blood be on us and our children. And it was on them. The blood of Jesus and the curse that comes with that was on them and their children. But God, <clears throat> being who he is, already fixed that. He knew that that was going to happen. <coughs> because in Acts chapter 2, we see where the Holy Spirit comes and some things happen. And when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind and it filled the whole house as they were sitting there. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem Devout men from every nation under heaven. And when they heard the sound, the crowd came together and they were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in their own language. So the Holy Spirit comes. There's a bunch of Jews there that literally just killed Jesus about two months ago, three months ago. There's a whole bunch of them there, great men, maybe a couple of regular guys. And the Holy Spirit comes and they're hearing the gospel through the power of the Holy Spirit in their own language. Seven says they were amazed and astonished, saying, Why are all these who are speaking, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear them each in our own language? And then you get down to where Peter speaks up, because they say, Oh, they're drunk with wine. But Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, Men of Judea and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. And it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth my spirit, and they will prophesy. And I will grant wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke, and the sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus, the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs with which God performed through him in your midst. Just as you yourselves know, this man, delivered over by the predetermined plan and the foreknowledge of God, you nailed to the cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death, since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says to him, I saw the Lord always in my presence, for he is at my right hand so that I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue exalted. Moreover, my flesh also will live in hope because you will not abandon my soul to hell nor allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brethren, I may confidently say to you regarding the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is still with us this day. 
And so because he was a prophet and he knew that God had sworn to him an oath to seat one of his descendants on his throne, he looked ahead and spoke of the resurrection of Jesus. And he was neither abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh suffer decay. This Jesus God raised up again, to which we are all witnesses. Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured forth this, which you both see and hear. For it was David, it was not David who ascended into heaven, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all of the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus who you crucified. Now, when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what, what, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent. And each one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now remember, they just put the curse on themselves. They said, this man's blood be on us and our children. But right here in verse 39, this is how good God is. In 39, it says, the promise is for you and your children, all who are far off, as many as the Lord will call to himself. So he literally gave them the opportunity and reversed the curse. Because before then, his blood was on their lives. And with many other words, he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. So then those who had received his words were baptized. And that day there were added about 3,000 souls. So for anybody who thinks that God's not interested in a mega church, he just saved 3,000 people in one shot. Come on. Amen. 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 So don't knock the man because he's got a big church. Because it ain't his church anyways. Amen. Then you read on in chapter 4, 5,000 more come to the Lord. It sounds similar to what Jesus did. Hmm. He broke the bread and he blessed 5,000 he blessed 3,000. Well, right here in Acts, he's bringing that many souls into the kingdom in one shot. But until we understand the extent that Jesus went for us to live an abundant life, none of the rest of this matters. Amen. Your spiritual warfare don't matter. Amen. Your prayers really ain't. They, I mean, prayers are good, but, you know, we, we pray for healing a lot of times. I think God's more concerned with your spiritual healing than he is with your physical healing. Amen. He's more worried about where you're going when you leave here. Versus something that's temporary. Because he can heal you right this minute in the physical. And in two years you'll be sick again. Because you've got to die. Amen. Your body has to die. No man has ever lived other than Jesus in the natural forever. Amen. So he's more concerned with where you at spiritually. Where's your faith at? Because it's by grace through faith that you are saved. It's not of your own doing, so that no man may boast. It is a gift given to us. And the gifts of God are irrevocable. Read it in Romans. Amen. So is it once saved, always saved? Who cares? Are you saved? That's what I'm worried about. Amen. I don't care if it's once saved or always saved. I care about, are you saved? Am I saved? Amen. Am I redeemed? Because I've been bought with a price that I cannot pay back. Anytime I try to do the law and I try to do, 
you know, good works and all this stuff. That's pretty much saying, God, you know what? Let me pay you back for some of this salvation. Because I think I can, I can, I got something I can offer you for that. Come on. I think, I think me going and feeding the homeless people is enough for me to earn my own salvation. It's given to you because we can't earn it. Amen. It's unmerited favor. It's favor that we never deserve. In the beginning, we our lives have been so bad because in the beginning, our forefathers screwed it up for us. Amen. Because of the one man, Adam, everybody has failed. Amen. But then we have a new Adam, Amen. Jesus, a great high priest, the last priest, that works for us. He intercedes for us. He knows our struggle. That's why he has compassion on us. I wish I could do enough to pay God back for my salvation, but honestly, if I work for it, that's something that I'm owed. Amen. He doesn't owe me anything. Amen. He never has and he never will. But I owe him everything. Amen. I owe him my entire life. Amen. Full surrender of everything. And if you read 1 Corinthians 15, it talks about your body and how defiled your body is and how bad it is and how it's so corrupt and it's so sinful that when you die, this thing is done. Amen. The only thing saved right now is your spirit. Amen. You have two spirits. You have your spirit and the Holy Spirit. Your spirit, when it is saved, is what goes to heaven. But you can't enter into heaven with something that's defiled because it's pure <laughs> and it's holy up there. Amen. He's not going to let me just walk in like I am right now. He has to give me something brand new. Amen. That's why Jesus said, don't touch me yet because I haven't been glorified. But when he was glorified, that's when he was exalted to the right hand of the Father because he got a new body. But before then, he was walking around in his, in his regular man suit because he said, Thomas, stick your fingers right here. Stick your finger in my side. So he wasn't glorified yet. But then he left them. And he said, don't worry, when I leave, it's better for you that I go because I can send the comforter, the Holy Spirit. I can send somebody to help you. The one that actually helped him is who lives in us. Amen. It's all about faith. If anybody ever tries to tell us that it's other than, something other than grace through faith, I will, I will fight you to the end of the earth, but that's a lie. Amen. Because the Bible, all the way from Abraham, is about faith. Amen. Moses, it was about faith. Amen. Ezekiel, it was about faith. Amen. Isaiah, it was about faith. David, it was about faith. Solomon, it was about faith. All the prophets preached faith Amen. and died in that. Go to Hebrews chapter 11, and then we'll read this, and we'll go watch the movies or something. Faith is so important, there's entire chapters in the Bible about it. What did you say, brother? Hebrews chapter 11. You can also read about faith in Romans chapter 4, but I like 11. Because 11, Hebrews 11, takes us all the way back to, to way in the beginning. Hebrews 11 verse 1 Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for The conviction of things not seen For by it the men of old Gained approval 
By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered, a, offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testified about his gifts, and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. And by faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death, and he was not found because God took him up. For he <laughs> obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about the things not yet seen, in reverence prepared the ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to the place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, and in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise, for he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive, even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, <coughs> there was born even of one man. And him, as good as dead as that, as many descendants as the stars in heaven in number and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. All these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on earth. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had the opportunity to return, but as it is, they desire a better country. That's a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was offered up his only begotten son. It was he to whom it was said, In Isaac all your descendants shall be called. He considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead from which he also received him back as a type. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, even regarding things to come. Uh, to come. By faith, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed each one of his sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the exodus of the sons of Israel and gave orders concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that he was a beautiful child and they were afraid and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God rather than enjoying the past and pleasures of sin, considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that he who destroyed the firstborn would not touch them. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as though they were passing through dry land, and the Egyptians, when they attempted it, they got drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down, and they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she had welcomed the spies in peace. And what more shall I say? 
For time will fail me if I tell you of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, Samuel, and the prophets who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, become mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, women received back the dead by resurrection, and others were tortured, not accepting their release, so that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourgings, yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, and they were sawn in half, and they were tempted. They were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and in holes in the ground. And all these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. Mm -hmm. They didn't have the promise of the Holy Spirit, but we have it. Amen. It's up to us what we do with it. Because you have the option to either accept it or reject it. You can be like Brandon said earlier in John chapter 15, and those branches were broken off. It wasn't the unfruitful branches that were broke off. Even though it says that, it really means that the people who have been told about Jesus, who have been witnessed to about Jesus, the ones that rejected the truth about Jesus are the ones that get broken off. Amen. Judas is scary. He walked with the man. He ate with the man. He sold out on him. He's the one that got broken off from the tree of life. There's, there's too much, there's too much in here for me to want to continue living the way that I was. Amen. The promises for me and my children. I want to make sure my family is good. I want to make sure my kids are good. And I can tell them till I'm blue in the face. But I would rather show them a better way. That's all you want for your kids. You want them to grow up better than you did. Whereas before, I, you know, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to take care of my kids, I got to take care of this. I want taking care of myself. How am I going to take care of my kids? That's a lie that the enemy tried to get me to believe to leave here. I don't want my kids to go through this. They're not going to go through this. to live differently. You don't have to believe. You, that's up to you. All I know is it ain't going to sway me one way or another what you believe. Amen. You can believe whatever you want to. You can believe you came from a monkey, that you were born as a germ, that the Big Bang had all. You can believe whatever you want to. But when I go home, if I don't see him, who cares? I would rather believe and it not be true 
than to not believe and he really be true. Amen. By carrying a gun. Most people don't like carrying guns. I know I brought a gun here one time and everybody said, hey, we, it's the house of prayer. Absolutely. Just, just me. Yes. <laughs> what do you got a gun for? Well, everybody here's from the streets. Why wouldn't I have one? Right? I don't know what nobody's going to do. But I would rather carry a gun and never <coughs> than to need it and not have it. Yeah. And it's the same thing with this. I would rather have this and never need it than to need it and not really have it. Right. Amen? Amen. Amen. Scotty, you want to pray for us? Thank you.